0: you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now, here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm reaching into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have, especially for you. They are selected. So today, I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've, I've got it. Oh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it, we've got it. And now that we do, our our focus will be on today's episode that we have retrieved, and it will be on a very, I would say, sensitive topic, because for some people, it is something that they're very, very private about. It is something that they do not want to talk openly about. It is a struggle for some people, maybe for you. And I I get it. I get it where we're going to talk about mental health. And you might say, Kingsley, what does this have to do with leadership? Oh, yeah. uh, everything, my friend. Everything, And you'll see in a few minutes why. Because today we're going to look at what smart leaders, effective leaders, intelligent leaders, three reasons why they make mental health care a priority within the workplace. Why would they do that? Is it to put kind of throw somebody under the bus by labeling them? Is it to somehow have them get special treatment? Is it because they want to let people know so that if they see them behaving a certain way, they have a context to understand why they behave that way? And 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 some people just don't know how to handle mental health issues, right? And you know, I'm talking about things like nothing really serious like schizophrenia, schizophrenia, you know, those kind of extreme mental health issues, huge bipolar disorders, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about the heavy duty stuff because many times individuals who suffer from that kind of mental health issue don't necessarily function well in a workplace setting. Many of them are on disabilities, on disability because they are restricted in how they they work, their productivity, their just, you know, in, in general, their overall mental state is not at the place where Work is something that they can manage too well. So, why then would I even talk about this? Well, before I get into this, let me just mention this because I think sometimes you know people don't realize that my background is in mental health. No, no, I'm not a mental health case and I'm not making it light of that. I'm just wanting to make sure you don't hear me the way that some people are when they hear this. Is in Kingsley? Really? What? Were you, what, were you hosp- in a hospital? Were you in a psych ward? I mean, you know, people have all kinds of ideas that flow through their heads when they think of the word mental health. But little do they know that if they're struggling with anxiety, fear, phobias, um, worry, those are, are mental health issues. It's amazing, right, how sometimes people don't think of those as mental health. It's almost it's been normalized, and then when they think of mental health issues, they're like thinking about the biggest that I mentioned a few before that they are thinking those are the things. But my background is in psychotherapy. So I am a licensed, in the state of Florida, a licensed mental health worker or a licensed psychotherapy psychotherapist. And having had the training, and also have seen families with all kinds of issues. Now, most of this is relational, but a large number of it is also mental health. And you know, as as of this date of recording, you know, I'm conservatively speaking, I've seen over five thousand family families uh, basically on on issues that relates to mental health and or relationship issues so I, I do have a background in that so i am very very sensitive in a sense that i mean let me use another word i'm very much aware of what people who are going through serious mental health issues what it's like i mean you know i i don't know what it's like because i have not been in their shoe and but i i i, I work with them i talk with them i listen to listen to their stories, and so I have a good a good handle on that and know how to help people navigate through those very challenging times of their lives. So I, I as I can speak with authority on this topic and not just like somebody who is just, you know, reading an article or articles and kind of reporting through a podcast like this. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I am, I'm I'm glad for those people who can, and I've done that in some areas where I may not be an authority, but I have read enough, and I see it as me just passing on information. It's me saying, hey, you know what? I think it's good for my audience to know this. I think this would be great for you as a leader to be aware of this. Oh, wow, this, I came across this article today, or I saw this today, and I want to share that with you. So I, I see myself as a curator sometimes, curating information and then making it available. So I understand that, and I play that role in some areas. But when it comes to this area, that's my expertise. So I, I'm very well you know, versed. Now, I'm not saying that I know everything about mental health, because who really does? Who really does? But I know enough to, when I see certain terminologies and certain um, issues, certain mental health names being mentioned as far as labels being given to certain things. I am aware of what that means and what they're talking about. But why is it then as a leader it is very important for you? Why is it so important to make mental health mental health care a a, a priority within your workspace, your workplace, your company, your organization? Why? I think there's a taboo surrounding that, right? Because, you know, I, I'm I'm from Jamaica, as you know this. And and growing up, I remember if you ever had a mental health or mentioned anything that had related to mental health where you might say, you know, I need to go speak to somebody. You know, in my time growing up in Jamaica, you know, since many years back, things may have changed now. But you never actually want to tell anybody that you're suffering with anxiety or you feel depressed and you want to go speak to somebody like a therapist oh the very first thing is you you crazy huh you're crazy crazy head crack head not crack as if, as what you smoke or, or whatever case however however people consume that right but it's almost like the only people who were known to have mental health issues were in the mental health ward the psych ward and or the homeless we see on the streets, in Jamaica at the time. And that's how the association came about. So if you ever had an issue or a problem, you really didn't want to go talk to anybody or ask to go see anybody because you don't want to be labeled as crazy and one of those crazy people. So in some places still, I'm sure it's a taboo. It's something people don't want to talk about. They don't want to address because it's like a family thing. And so they kind of hide it. You know, I this is a very, very serious situation where I, I know that this family and they're from the Caribbean. I want to use a c I don't want to make any country's name so it's, it's from the Caribbean. And what happened was they had a a child and and this child had a mental health issue. There's no question that this person did have a mental health issue. But the parents or the, in this case a parent because it was a single parent situation didn't want to acknowledge the fact that this person had a mental health issue as a matter of fact they they denied it they, they they would not entertain the thought to even consider the possibility that their child had a mental health issue this child grew up and got a bit got older and as they went through their teenage years you could tell it became a little bit more apparent that they were not as you know the typical teenager and what they're doing in their stage of growth, and there was something kind of off, but again you know you cannot tell this parent because when you try they would dismiss it they would not want to acknowledge it they just kind of like oh we'll we're gonna get past this this is just a teenage thing, and it will go it will go go by what happened was. Years later, you know, the person, this child became a young adult. And what happened that they, you know, I don't know all the story, but this is what happened. There was an altercation that happened. And this child, who is a young adult, shot the parent significant other, right, killed the significant other, and and really didn't, it wasn't coherent enough to realize what happened. Now, this is a very, very sad situation, because when I tell you the story, it breaks my heart to know that this actually happened. And then the next thing, what happened was this child, when the police came, wanted to Take on the police, and so the police shot this young adult and killed this young adult. So now, this parent have lost their significant other. They have lost their child, who really had a mental issue but didn't want to actually acknowledge that. Lost that child, and then now this is really, really what happened. Now this have this person, this parent, a week. Later, a week after all of this went down, this parent had a massive heart attack and died. Can you imagine that? I mean, this is like you know, it's almost like a watching a movie. This is almost like come on, Kingsley, that's never yeah, it did. It I mean, I I, I it happened. It's not a made-up story, it's a real story, and I knew I knew all three individuals. I knew them. And and so when it happened, I was like, I, I just can't believe it. But I, I'm thinking, could this have been avoided? And, you know, I believe it could have been avoided. Because had this parent actually acknowledged and made this, you know, brought out of the dark into the light, what could have been addressed and could have been this person could have gotten the help they needed. It never did. And and so I, I share that story to say how important it is to truly help people in the workplace address or, you know, make this conversation one where it's not like a taboo. People can talk about the things they're experiencing without any repercussions or any kind of Stigma attached to them, or label attached to them to them, or somehow they're being, you know, treated like with like a sympathy project. They don't want that. They don't want sympathy projects, and sometimes that's the reason why they don't say anything. They don't want that. So, what can then leaders do? What are three reasons that I believe by making it mental health care a priority, addressing it the issues within the workplace, why is it so important? Why is it so important? Well, let me mention this just as a way to kind of segue into our our three reasons that according to the World Health Organization, one in four adults experience mental illness each year. One in four, that means 25%, right? So you think of that, wherever you are right now, Imagine in your workplace, that means one in four of your people have experienced or is experiencing a mental health issue. And, and they continue that an, eight, an estimated 18% of the U.S. adult population have an anxiety disorder. 18% of the U.S. population have an anxiety disorder. You know, I can believe that because, again, I've worked with and had have talked therapy with a lot of those people, a lot of these individuals that is, is cited here. So the first reason, then, I want to give you of why it ought to be made a priority is that it leads to better performance, engagement, employee retention, and overall well-being. So... When it's addressed, based upon the Journal of Happiness study, that it leads to better performance, better engagement, better employee retention, and better overall well-being. So then, by actually bringing out into the light this topic, talking about it, allowing your people to discuss it openly without any fear of stigmatized and labeled and all of those different things. It's a case, like how do I how do how do you do that? Well, yes, there is a way to approach this. When I do you know training and group at ac- group activities, this is one of those things I work on and and kind of show leaders how do you go about doing this. But I, do, I just really don't have time to go into all of that right now in this episode, but I want to show you the advantages. When when you address, when you are able to bring this into the light, it increases, it makes for a better overall win for everyone. The person who is experiencing the illness, the issue, mental health issue, will know that they're getting help. And they are been getting help and been... They are better able to perform their their engagement goes up they're staying on the job because people who many people who are suffering from mental health issues typically leave goes from go from one job to another that's really a pattern you see very often so based on the research it, it shows that when there is an authenticness about you know and an openness to this conversation and addressing this issue, it it leads to better performance. And, And, you know, it's like, that's a very obvious correlation to me. It can show that it's an obvious correlation right there, right? So that's the first reason why it ought to be addressed. Because, again, better performance, better engagement, better employee retention, and overall well-being when people are able to feel that they can talk about openly and address their mental health issues. Number two, what's the second reason why effective leaders, smart leaders, intelligent leaders? Yeah, it's a Kingsley, emotelligent. What does that mean? Well, as obviously by now, well, not obviously, but for, if you've been listening to me for some time, you know that I wrote a book that's called The EmoTelligent Leader Succeed Where Others Failed. And become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. As a matter of fact, because you are that intelligent leader and you are addressing these things as far as health care and health, mental health issues, mental health issues, you are going to become a leader that people are going to respect and want to do, give them their best work to. Why? Because not many leaders do that. Some leaders don't know how to address. They're afraid. They don't know how to handle it. And they don't really go and get help or bring in the expertise or bring in someone like myself to address these issues. So what happened in number two is when you are able to address these issues and make it a priority, what the studies show that it brings a four-to-one return when you care for those with mental health issues. A four to one return. That means a $4 return on every $1 you spend on caring for people with mental health issues. That's the CDC report, right? So, what they're saying is that when you take the time and create an environment, you know, someone asks me sometimes, Kingsley, what is it that you do with the leaders? And I say, well, I help leaders create an environment that motivates, engages, and inspires their people to do their best work at all levels, and they will. The next question would be how? Well, this is one of those ways. One of those ways is helping leaders create this kind of environment. Because remember, now every one dollar you spend. So, for example, say you had me come in to do a workshop or a training or a group, you know, kind of interaction to bring this to the light, all right? And and so you say you you, you know I I you brought me in and the fee was $15,000, for example, say $15,000 fee. Well, the $15,000 fee, based upon this research and this study done by the CDC report, you're going to to get back in return, right? Four times that. That's $60,000. So $15,000 you output, you're going to get $60,000 back. I mean, sorry, $60,000 back. As a return, because you have helped your people address this issue, the mental health issues. Because and, and what you're gonna see is, and again, it ties in with number one, the productivity goes up, right? They have better professional relationships, and really it it offset the cost that, for example, depression. How many people suffer from depression? A lot, right? And and this same report shows that that um, about seventeen to forty four billion dollars is lost to depression each year. Imagine that seventeen to forty four billion dollars is lost through um, each year from from the economy because of depression. So it's a no brainer, right? If you're able to then find ways to address this and help people who have these mental health issues. So it's a four to one return when you care for those with mental health issues. And number three is it reduces absenteeism. It brings that down. Because as you can imagine, people who have these mental health issues, whether it's anxiety, right? Um, Phobias, some fear issues, um, depression, you, you know, and on and on it goes, right? When they have that, many times it, they don't want to get up, out of bed. They want to stay in bed and they're just calling to work. I just not feeling well, and they'll say I'm sick, and and they they are they're they're going through a, an illness of some kind, right? But they will not say I'm having a mental health issue because again, if the company is not the kind of company that allows people to talk about those, then. Is going to be, I'm just sick. I'm not feeling well today. And so people call into work. And and as a matter of fact, here's what the CDC report shows. In a three-month period, patients with depression, right? That means the one out of four patients with depression miss an average of 4.8 work days and suffer 11.5 days of reduced productivity. So they will miss... A average of 4.8 work days in a three-month period, right? So in work days in three months, for almost five work days they'll miss. It's more than, right, one a month. They're gonna miss work. But not only that, they are going to be They're going to produce less. There's reduced production because of their issues. That is suffocating them. It's it's really paralyzing them. They just have a hard time functioning. They cannot concentrate. They cannot get their minds together. The work is suffering. They make mistakes. I mean, on and on that goes. You see why it's so important then to make mental health care a high priority within your workplace. And do you see why it's also very important to, if you're going to bring someone to address the issue as a consultant or a coach or a speaker, you know, trainer, when you're going to address this issue, you bring someone that has a background in the mental health work, work, because they are more able to speak to that issue in a, a way that helps people kind of, almost like normalize and create an authentic environment where this conversation can happen, can take place. So to so truly, I, I believe that because it's such a prevalent thing and happens so often, I, I believe that you're going to find that when you start doing this, when it's brought to the light, there's going to be truly... I would say a radical transformation or there could be potentially let's put it that way a radical potential a radical transformation. So the three reasons again I mentioned why it's important for for I use smart leaders, but I would say effective leaders or better yet intelligent leaders right and and an intelligent leader is one who is self aware is very aware of his or her emotions manages very well, and also manages the emotions of those around them. That's who a a more intelligent leader is, or a more intelligent person is. And so three of the reasons why I believe it ought to be being a priority is, number one, it leads to better performance, better engagement, better employee retention, and overall well-being. Number two, it's a four-to-one return on caring for those with mental health. Number three, it reduces absenteeism. And also, it reduces people quitting, and you having to replace those individuals. And trust, and as you know, right? It is a very, it's almost um, what three months salary, or what one point two five percent to two percent salary that you are going to have to spend of that person's salary to replace them. I mean, it really is a very costly thing, very costly thing. So, I, I hope this was helpful, and I hope that you are going to. Take a serious look at this, and and possibly figuring figuring out your next step. And I hope that if your next step means training or coaching or consulting, that you'll reach out to me because I could be uh, an asset to your your company, to you, and to your leadership team. You know, I'm doing a training in the very in the very near future on this very thing. Our a part of the training will address this, where I'll be talking about how the the mental health aspect of things the awareness of that and and how we ought to not look at it in a very negative way as some people do look at it and again it may not be their fault it probably is their upbringing they just don't know better and they have this mindset so i'm going to try to reframe things and help them to have a better mindset on this very um, issue of mental health so my friend, I. I hope this was helpful today and remember you're one skill away from from your best hope, right? You're one skill away from becoming that leader everyone loves and wants to follow. And I want to say thank you so very much again for taking the time to listen and joining me on this podcast. I truly appreciate that. Please share this with someone else and leave me a rating and review on the Apple Podcast. Again, I would truly appreciate that. With that said, my friend, let's put this very heavy and important teaching back into the vault and tuck it away. And so here we go. Let's put that come. Let's do with me. There you go. Yes. Now it's tucked away. With that said, now I can really exit from the command center at the Immortelligent Leadership Institute and make my way out. And so with that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah i mm-hmm.